Chris. Beep. You. Beep. Just. Beep. Turned. Beep. 30. Beep. Oh, no. It doesn't do that. Or he does. Anyway. So Welcome to the Town Tailgate Podcast, where we're fans of Levertard Show. So we're doing fun little bits like that. Um, if you watched Freedom, you know what we're talking about. Amazing. That By the way, did awesome. you... Did you see uh did you see Michael Schur's uh uh, f- uh marathon observations? Dude. Marathon observations is sponsored by nothing cuz it's 7 in the morning on the east coast west coast and I'm pretty sure no one's watching. <laughs> oh my god, that was so that, that was so much fun. Just like I already told you I was like I was feeling a little good Friday night 1am. I was like I was playing the show and I was just like yeah. Hey, freedom's on. It's great, Cody, with the shirt off, just showing the doctor this weird cyst thing that's growing on his stomach. So during his segment, he was supposed to read an ad. Uh, Mike like said in his ear, like, "Hey, you're, you have to read an ad now." And he goes, "Oh man, I'm tired." <laughs> like, he's just like, he just goes, and then he like Mike. Mike comes on. He's like, "Yeah, well, I don't care if you're tired. You still have to read this ad because we have sponsors that need that that need this stuff." Like, I don't know. It was so great. now, now anyway. that you're well, first off, hello everybody. Hi, this is Julio. I'm Chris. Yeah. Uh, how does it feel? Like, welcome do, to do Town you- Tailgate around the Diamond Podcast Network, boy. Put your D's up. Well, your diamonds. Yeah, up. no, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> don't put your D's up. Don't put your D's up. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, uh, what were we gonna ask me? Uh, how does it feel to be thirty? Um, does everything hurt now? Like everything's been hurting for like three years now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you just kind of fight through it. Um, I should probably do a checkup. I haven't done one in like four years. I should probably go see a doctor. <laughs> but like. I, Think about once you in turn- terms of 30, does it feel different from 29? No, I feel exactly the same. Though, I will say um, uh, there are certain things subconsciously that, that hit my mind because you're like, oh, fuck, I'm 30 now. Like, um, what was one? I was talking to my friend today, and they were like, I don't know. They were. I was like asking certain questions. You could tell we're a little bit more mature. And I'm like, wow, we could go. I don't think I would ask that question. It's like really. I I I know that was a terrible explanation for the listeners, but like, I mean, I don't know. I I couldn't. Rem- I can't remember exactly what it is. Another part of getting old, you forget things. I mean, there's certain things when you turn thirty that I think you you probably shouldn't do anymore for the sake of like it's it, it might be over the hill. Case example: Olivia Rodrigo's album, hella good. I can never see her in concert. <laughs> I I already had that experience seeing the 1979 and having no line at that be- at the beer stand. I can't do that when I'm yeah turning 32 next month. But weren't you 30 when you did that though? Uh, weren't you over 30 when you did I that? I was 29. Oh, well played, yeah, Julio. That's right. Well played. Beat the system. So, uh, what's another thing you can't do when you're 30? Drink for. 12 plus hours straight which is something i did on my 30th birthday <laughs> so t- to quote beer fest i could drink a beer motherfucker <laughs> do you like how'd you feel on sunday i don't i i i, I didn't text oh, you because i wanted to give you fucking, your space i was oh, so hungover um uh, my friend sean called me at nine o'clock because he called it a night after the beach on at five o'clock like we called it a night at the beach at five o'clock the beach party he called it a night. He went home. That was the end of his day. I stayed out until two a.m. Um, don't ask. Don't. We'll not get. We're not gonna get into details. 
Um, somehow, some way, I managed to do that. Um, so the next morning, I was just out like a light. And um, he calls me at 9. He goes, hey, we're going to go to get breakfast at this place called Good Stuff. It's right across the street from my house. Um, come join us. And I go, no. No. And he goes, did you just wake up? Did I wake you up right now? I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, yeah, fuck off. I'm not. I'm going to sleep. And he goes, all right. Talk to you later. <laughs> just hung up. I got to say, shout out to your parents. You know, David and Sue Magical came through clutch. The barbecue, that they barbecue, threw, dude, the barbecue, dude, the whole thing was awesome. It turned out so well, yeah, man. I love it. They threw an amazing party. Shout out to them. Thanks, Mom and Dad. But that was amazing. I will say, if they wanted to think about future Chris, they sh- probably should have bought a bunch of Gatorade. I mean, like during the day, like, all right, I've had five beers. I'm it wasn't so, it wasn't so much like a headache thing. It was more like a, uh, it was more like an exhaustion thing. Like my body was just exhausted because I didn't really have much of a headache next morning. I was drinking water throughout the day. And then when we came back to my house at five o'clock, we like chilled for like two or three hours, like a, a big group of us at my place. And we were just like, just winding down, pounding water, had no intention of going out, so we were kind of like trying to recover for the next day. And plus, you were but in the anyway. sun all day, so anyways. Yeah, that too. We, that too, we yeah. could talk about the birthday extravaganzas all show long, but we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we got some, you know, former Oakland great was DFA'd this week. We're going to get a little bit more in there. Uh, we're going to talk about the A's news too. Literally the day after the pod broke, uh, rumors about Trevor's story? What? The day after our way too early trade deadline talk. Yeah. The day after. Of course. And then our good friend, John Fish from the Super Halo Bros Angels podcast. They're also part of the Around the Diamond. If you're not following them, please go follow them on Twitter, where uh, Instagram, where we get your pods. He's going to come on here. We're playing the A's next, uh, Angels next week. Give us a lowdown of what's going on over there. Um, and then, of course, close out with the, the usual stuff. You know, the upcoming schedule, uh, essential player of the week, the the all that fun stuff but first uh while it was a good week for you chris it wasn't a great week for our good friend chris davis who was dfa'd by the texas rangers this week yeah um and and i I, you might be able to know more than i would i'm gonna look up right now if, if you want me to kill the time so what exactly does the dfa process mean so it means that any it's any uh, team that is it's 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 like being waived. So it's like you're designated for assignment. So if a team that is below you in standings has a lower record than you can claim you off of waivers, um, uh, and if no one does, then it goes back to the top. But if no one claims you, then you go just go back into their minor league system. It's it's just it's simple as that. As opposed to with waivers, you become a free agent if no one claims you. It's a little bit different of a story. Um, so I think um, who was DFA'd earlier this month or well, sometime this year? No, no, no. Sometimes this year for our team, I, 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 I can't remember off the off the for the life of me. I, I it might have been last year. We had a guy. I think it was like Sheldon Noisy last year. Was like was uh, no, it wasn't Noisy. I don't. I can't fucking remember who it was. Uh, maybe it was noisy. He was designated for assignment and no one claimed him, so he just went back into AAA. It's just like a cheaper option, I think. I, I, I don't know the full details on it, but it's basically the same thing as being waived, except you don't become a free agent. You yeah. just go back to their minor league system. Yeah, pretty much minor league system, or you just will get bought out and you be a free agent. Um, yeah. And if you don't know, the Rangers are one of the worst teams in the American League, so the odds are there's not going to be many teams below the American line to pick them up. Uh, 
Chris. But the reality with Chris Davis is he's made his money already. Of course. So yes. like as shitty as this is for his career, for his wallet, it doesn't do anything. We already gave him all that money. I have a couple questions for you then. One. Come back to Oakland. What 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 where what could we use him for? Because we can't yeah. put him in the outfield because he's he's a liability with his arm and you know with Pender playing a lot better, we don't really need him in the outfield. He's not going to play at DH, especially with Mitch Moreland. He's playing. Mitch Moreland's been hitting so well lately. I think he's up to two forty five. Like I don't, I wouldn't want him to be in there instead. Now, okay, yeah, I, honestly, yeah, I don't think he's going to come to Oakland. There's, there's no just, there's reunion. No room, there's here. no room for him, and um, it, he's showing. Unfortunately, he still his glove isn't there. He's never had a glove in the first place, but um, well, his glove's okay. He can cover ground in the outfield. He just doesn't have an arm. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. his liability. Now, issue. the follow-up question then: Do you see him on a major league team this year? Um, I think there's room for him, like with certain contenders. Like you know, I you know we we, we didn't really talk about it too much with John, but you know Anthony Rendon's not playing so well for for the Angels. Um. I, I don't know what their third base situation is like, but um, you know they could kind of use a DH right now. Uh, um, no, their DH is Otani. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, that's a good point. Well, if they want to put if they want to put Otani in the outfield, I mean John did talk about some issues with their outfield, but who knows? Um, you know I'd have to look at the contenders list. You know what? You know I'll go ahead and do my usual thing where I have you kill time. Um, I think. A good team that would make sense that is a contender that I think could probably go for some depth with like another bat would be Tampa. Um, yeah, I, I I think he would actually fit in pretty well. Nice plug and play guy, uh, not a ton of pressure to kind of perform at this bat. That being said, uh, ever since that injury, I think we read. I, I can't remember if I retweeted the video in our account or not. Also, make sure to follow us at the Town Tiger on Twitter. But um. Ever since that wrist injury in Pittsburgh where he crashed into the wall in 2019, he's never recovered. He's never been the same player. Even mm. last season, everyone's like, oh, he's back. He's 100%. He, he still didn't have it. Yeah. So I think in my, you know, I, in my fan of him as much as he's done for Oakland and how much I've loved the guy in his time there, um, I want to see him sign this year. But logically, I don't think he's going to be on a team this year. I just he hasn't really shown anything like possible. At least with pool holes, you were, he was still hitting bombs. Sure. He was running, you know, slower than a Snell and, and his average wasn't there, but he will, you can, you can know you're going to get at least 15 to 20 home runs from him. And now with crush, it's like, I don't know what he can do right now. In my opinion, if it's a, I, I think he should just take this year off get some hire some really good like uh people to help to fix his swing a little bit to help his his body adjust to having whatever problem he may be solving with his wrist and of course his hip injury and then hopefully next year National League will have a dh as well and guess what your job market just doubled so i i think there's still going to be a little bit of them there's still going to be a, a a market i just don't see it happening this year yet 
That was a great segue. You just nailed it right on the head. If they, if the universe, if the DH was universal, he would definitely get another job because there's plenty of teams that don't have, you know, there's not enough bats to fill the the universal DH role in the league, and there's plenty of teams that could use him that are like right on the cusp and right in, right in the hunt, like St. Louis, like Milwaukee, like Cincinnati, like all these teams that have potential that could use a bat like that. It's a different story, but you know, who knows if we'll ever get to there, dude? The, the Giants. I think the Giant. He'd be awesome on the Giants. He'd be great with the Giants. Yeah. Yeah, and just and yeah. he's a nice. Give him a day off. Buster can go play DH or Bell can go play DH. So yeah, I think yeah. that'd be awesome. But um, yeah, and I, I might say. So do you think he's gonna be on a team this year? Now that you've kind of looked a little bit more. Uh, I think there's definitely some potential, like with with these shittier teams that could use like maybe some pop to get some some fans in the stands. You know, like like a Detroit or or a Minnesota or something. But I I no not even I mean, Minnesota. They got not. Nelson Cruz. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, pure would make DH sense. player. Yeah, yeah. I but I don't. I don't know. It's tough to say, man. It's really tough to say. He's got. Uh, it's hard not to feel bad for him, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yep. We we can move on. Yep. <laughs> it's a sad. It's a sad. We. I think we yeah. all we all hate to see this happen to him. Um. Yeah. We, we've loved him all these years, but yeah. All right. Chris. Julio. Uh, Garrett Cole was caught like a deer in the headlights this week uh, during a press conference when uh, I don't know who the specific media member who asked him this question was, but uh, they asked him, you know, if he ever used spider attack, which is one of the sticky substances that like baseball is looking to crack down on. And uh, he, he folded like a chair, unfortunately, yeah. or I don't, he look, more or I, less I, said, I don't know how to answer that when he could have just been like, no. Except the way he <laughs> answered the question is. He looked like his wife just caught him like cheating on her, like, like, like in bed. Like, you know what I mean? Like he looked, he looked like he just looked completely just. He, he reminds me, he reminded me of like when you're in like, if you're like a third or fourth grade and they're like, Chris, did you take that last cookie from the jar? And you're like, well uh actually you, you know mom i no the cookie yeah like no but and here let me give After you this example so if you watch did you watch the video of this press conference when of course they, i of course i watched the video yeah i thought the video froze i i same same i had to, i had to watch the video so i could shit all over robbie um and talk shit to him so but so, so yeah so here's the quote he says i don't start and then there was a long pause i don't know if uh I don't quite know how to answer, to be honest. Uh, these There are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players and last generation of players to this generation of players. I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. I've stood pretty firm in terms of that, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot. Uh, mm. This is important to a lot of people who love the game, including the players in the, lot, in the room including fans, including teams. If MLB wants to legislate some stuff, then that's a conversation we should all have because ultimately we should be pulling in the same direction for all of this. Um, right off the bat, look, I don't like, look, I think he's going to get singled out because, you know, he's the highest played, uh, highest paid or the second highest paid pitcher in, in baseball besides Trevor Bauer, who is very out and open with it. Uh, that being said, Whoever is in charge of your PR for the Yankees, you need to, they need to get their ass lit on fire. B- 
because they mm-hmm. should have prepared him be like, look, this is a big talking point in baseball right now. Um, there's been some controversy about it because, you know, Josh Donaldson brought up that comment and you need to be ready to speak on it. And hearing in that conversation, uh, yeah, somebody flubbed up and didn't get him like prepared for this talk. Okay. So I'm going to say this the best way I can say it, which is the, the way that I said it to Robbie the other day. Because Robbie's going on Twitter talking, calling Josh Donaldson a rat every second he can. Because he's butthurt that someone brought it to their attention. And, and Garrett Cole's just in the situation where if the shoe was on the other foot, he would be doing the other thing. So get the fuck out of here, bro. I don't give two, like, flying fucks if they use shit or not. Like, whatever the rule is, like, that's fine. Like, if MLB wants to change the rule next year and say, like, these substances are okay fine it is what it is like that doesn't i don't that's not my issue my issue is consistency with this with this rule in general we so we talked about this shit two weeks ago because some middle of the grade pitcher i forgot his name already um for the cardinals um i think he's an above average pitcher he's a regular starter in the rotation do you remember who it was uh no it's uh yovani gaiotos who's he's actually pretty good right now he's one of the better relievers on their team but yes reliever sorry um sure cool but he's a middle reliever so it is what it is so joe west busts him for that they bust him you know a player that you know probably 99 percent of not 99 percent. i would say like majority of mlb casual fans have no idea who he is they bust him for that but shit like this is like okay and then we're coming to the rescue to defend garrett cole to defend um trevor bauer why because they're the stars of our of our league that's is that is complete fucking and utter bullshit like be consistent with how you want to do this there's no there's no because i have a higher status i get to get away with certain things it's, i mean it's the same it's an issue that we have in society one percent doesn't have to pay any taxes i don't know if you saw that story today but there was a journalist that looked into J jeff bezos um uh, uh and like three other billionaires they looked into their tax issues or their tax um payments over the past like 10 years and they've paid little to no taxes in income or just in income taxes over the past 10 years and it's like why are they allowed to get away with this and we're not that's it's kind of a reach a little bit but you understand what i'm saying it's just like it it, it, this this entire mentality is just completely like the rules do apply to you i hate to break it to you they do i know that the mlb doesn't want to want to treat it that way but they should and it's completely unfair and it's one of the reasons that it's one of the things that's really like killing this game like it's just you can show, you can see that there's complete and obvious bias, you know, beyond millions of other things, and and it's it's fucking ridiculous, and and like I don't want to hear, I don't want to. I've seen so many like ESPN personalities like weigh in on this, being like, leave leave Garrett Cole alone. He's not doing anything wrong. Everybody does it. Okay, well then if everybody does it, don't make it a rule. Just let it be okay, and then we won't have to have this fucking discussion. Like it, it but the fact of the matter is. If he's doing it wrong, he's if he's doing it, then you need to fucking pop him for it because he's just as much liable as the other guys are. I don't know. That's my rant. I actually got by Chris Martinez of State Farm Walnut Creek. If you need insurance, like a good neighbor, State, Chris Martinez is, is there. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hate us one day for this when he actually <laughs> listens. He actually loves it. He actually loves. Oh, it. Oh, real? Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I think one thing we had to talk about, well, one, I'm going to take this little segue and just shit on ESPN for a second because 
Um, if you don't, if you haven't seen, we're going to talk outside of baseball for a second. Simone Biles just killed it this last week at the, the U S women's gymnastics. She just won her seventh tile, her seventh title. And she did it on a move that nobody's ever done before that they're calling the Biles. And guess how many times ESPN posted on their social media account? Zero, zero times on Instagram. Logan Paul fights Floyd Mayweather. And he, he, he loses an exhibition match. They post it 17 times. That just shows you everything that's wrong with ESPN right now. Besides the point, um, I, I kind of want to do, I do agree with what Robbie or whoever was, it was him or Tyler, the other co-host of the four trains where they're like, Hey, your pitchers are doing it too. You know what? They probably are. Um, I, I can't remember if this, I don't know if this was on air or not, or if this was like towards the end of the game. But um, I think Manaya was pitching, and I, I just kind of jokingly was like, his hat looks really dirty. Um, and so who knows, man? The odds are, there, yeah, there's definitely some guys in this team that are using it right now. And and I, as much as I love this team, like I want to, if you're not going to be playing it the right way, and the thing about the age too is like they don't, not, nobody really has any overpowering stuff. Then you know you got to recommend it because you got to be the even play, even playing field because it's like I I, I kind of want to bring this back to Warriors talk for a second. How many years when the Warriors won their titles where we're hearing stuff like oh well, Burberry was hurt and Burberry was hurt and whatever right the playing field wasn't it's kind of luck and now with this situation it's kind of it's like well everybody's doing it then. Like, how are we going to, like, level that playing field, more or less, when with this kind of situation? I think it's – I get why they're doing it. He is the highest-played pitcher. Um, but who knows? I think this is just the beginning of it. I think we're going to see over this next month, like, major repercussions happen. But, Julio, if you don't want it to be done, if the league does not want it, they want to, they want to completely, like, get it out of the game, then start fucking cracking down. You know how you do that? Is you make an example out of – big guys like Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole, and you see the difference in, in their performances and whatnot. Like, if that's what you want to do, if you want to get rid of it, then do that. But if you want these guys to be stars and you want you want the league to thrive off of the marketing of them, then let certain substances be allowed. Like, like you can have, like, this much, but it has to be on your body. Like that, like that could be a rule. Like you can't like have like a a little like a little a little tube of it and like just wipe your hands down every time. Like just be like, okay, you can have a certain amount, but it has to be on your body, and you can't add more to the game. I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. But like, there just needs to be consist consistency. Yeah, it, there just needs to be some consistency. Like either crack down or don't. Like, and I and I, that's the last I want to hear about it. Like it's simple as that. I don't want to, and I and I don't want to hear flip floppy people bitching about it on Twitter because that's what it is. It's people flip flopping. The only acceptable foreign substance is uh, Michael's secret stuff. All right, next topic, Ooh. and unfortunately, um, uh, it, it, it sucks. This sucks ass. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, Dwayne Kuyper, Bay Area legend, San Francisco Giants broadcaster for. As long as I can remember, um, unfortunately, was diagnosed with cancer and he has entered chemotherapy. Um, I, and, you know, of course, the legendary duo of Crook and Kipe. Um, and, of course, the brother of Glenn Kuyper, Ace, uh, play-by-play with, along with Ray Fossey. Um, not much we can really say about it. He is entering chemotherapy. 
it's just we want to give our shout outs because um i think over the last 20 to 30 years barrio sports fans specifically uh barrio baseball fans we've been really spoiled with our broadcast teams across mm. both teams um giants of course crook and kype have been there for god it feels like i remember crook and kype and like mvp baseball back in the day you know if if there was people before crook and kype which was lawn simmons but if, the, if yeah. there was if which i don't remember because i don't i mean one i didn't really watch giants baseball so that's part of it but when i had started to pay attention to it it was those two guys voices and it's pretty wild that both of them are kind of on their last legs of dealing with like kind of you know not last legs of life that's a terrible thing to say but they're they're dealing with some major health issues yeah and um and and of course the giants also got john miller on the radio side you know adios pelota mm. but then at the ace too like you know we've had fossey and, and glenn kuiper for the last 15 years and then it was fossey and and greg papa papa and then yeah. of course you know ken i ken korak just amazing but then before that was mm. bill king so it's like we've been really spoiled um chris i don't know if you want to add anything else to that i think we just want to our best wishes hopefully you know he turns up fine you can get back in the booth and call some games again soon yeah, I mean, I thought it was really cool that Chris Bassett said something, um, but I don't really know if there's anything I can say that's going to mean anything, you know? Like, it sucks. Swing and a miss. And that... Yeah. All right, what's this, call? what's this home run call again? At least they saw the Giants win a World Series, finally. Like, you know, good for them. It's they all were three World that. Series. Yeah, but it you get what I'm saying. It is out of here! He hits it high. He hits it deep. That's what it yeah. is. Anyway. You know, well, let's, you know, yeah, that's really sad and best wishes. But we actually got a follow-up. We got an update. And this is time for us to dunk on a story that we covered a couple weeks ago. Uh, I called this. So Bob Brentley has decided to take a leave of absence. Um, this is in regards to the statements that he made um, from Marcus about Marcus Stroman wearing a do-rag under his hat. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, in Arizona, this probably wasn't that big of a deal, but around the country, it blew up into this big story. So I think, you know, we kind of, I, I called this, I saw this coming. He was going to probably take at least the rest of the year off and then just kind of like, like a lot, a little bit like kind of what Chris, Chris Harrison. Oh, dude, I was about that. to dunk on that right now. I'm like, so what do you little, think him and Chris Harrison are doing together? Of, a little bit some of that. Maybe, maybe they should get together and, and talk about some things with, with, uh, with, Let's uh, get uh, Bakari Sellers to have a, a, a nice little convention with those two guys and see if he can help them out or something. All right, Chris, before we transition, uh, I have my timer on. I'm going to give – did you watch Bachelorette yet? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give us one minute to just talk real quick about it, okay? And then we're going to jump uh, right into A's news. Okay, okay. Yeah, All I right, like this. Three, like this. two, one, go. Katie's oh, am I awesome. going first? No, just just in oh, general. I Okay, I'm going to restart it. I'm going to restart it. We can just free flow. Okay. Okay, three, two, one, let's go. Katie, I love her. She's awesome. So every time I say this about a bachelorette, she ends up being the fucking worst later on. Like, so I know a lot of people like Hannah Brown, but everything that she did later on that season and just like how she handled Luke P, I just fucking hate it. So I really like Katie now. We'll see how it goes. I like Tasha and Caitlin, but they're a little bit. I love little, it. They're. 
They're I don't know, man. They're a little bit extra. It seems more organic. I hold think on, for hold on, okay, hold go on, ahead, go ahead. They're a little bit they're a little bit extra, but I think that they will settle down once they get into their groove a little bit. And but I think I like it. for, you know, a go, I, I you know, from a woman's perspective, I think going into it where you know, Chris Harrison's like to be the person advice. No, I think these people who've been in this situation will probably have better advice for you than Chris Everson ever will. A friend of mine said that. So, like, that's a good move by them, getting people who have been through the experience to, like, kind of go through it with you. I like that idea. And you know what they should do for The Bachelor? They should have their husbands or future husbands be the hosts. All right, time. For The Bachelor. All right, that was your one-minute Bachelor me, talk this week. Tell me that's not a great idea, though. Tell me that's not a great idea. I love it. Having their husbands slash future husbands be the be the bachelor host. That'd be Chris, fucking sorry, awesome. Chris, sorry, I cut you off. You're over, you're over the one minute mark. We'll the only do, thing we'll, is, I don't think uh, I don't think Tasha's husband would do it. But anyway, let's go. All right. Well, anyways, let's go into A's news where we have a story, a Trevor story. <laughs> well, first off, we didn't talk about the schedule. So the A's no, 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 uh, we... went two out of three with the Rockies, um, uh, which you could argue the loss that they have against them. Um, they probably should have won that, but um, James Cap- James Caprillion didn't have any run support, and then they did swept the the uh, Diamondbacks in two games. Trevor Story, the day after we launched our podcast last week, a uh, potential of uh, way too early trade talk. They fucking this story comes out. Who this was a pretty prominent writer too. Who yeah, was so this? it's John Morosi, who he's yeah. uh, he's a broadcaster for MLB Network. Um, he, it's weird. There's no other speculation there's no rumors about it but they said the athletic uh, the athletics the athletics are among the teams expected to monitor uh, rocky shortstop trevor story once he returns from the il uh story a trade candidate has an expiring contract the a's have the worst ops at short of any mlb team nobody else has really has really said anything about it since then it really was just like this weird one-off tweet like nobody else talked about it besides A's fans. In the well, community. A's media talked about like the idea of it, but they didn't hear any rumors or anything like that, right? Yeah, it was it was really weird. It was random. There's nobody else since then. Um, but he only said the A's in that tweet, and that they've been checking in on it. So that's like that was the interesting thing about that tweet. That was like, wait, what? Because he said like, um, I'm told that. Yeah, like, like I, I can't, and I, the way he worded it, I can't tell if he is, if, if he, if his source is with the A's or with the Rockies, because he doesn't say like multiple teams have checked in on. It. He said like I'm told that the A's, um, will be one of the teams in on the Trevor Story thing. Like, yeah, I, it's, I don't know, it's weird. Um, but you know, I think this was something that was rumored before in the off season, like the beginning of the season, which have been like, cool. Yeah, I'm down. Um, oh, and it's and Bob Nightingale was boob as well. Yeah. Boob tweeted it. Boob Nightingale. Yeah. Um, yeah. But isn't that the guy who always gets like information wrong? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I think he's an inspiration to me because as I've entered my professional life, when I make a mistake with something, I'm like, it's okay. Bob Nightingale's been doing this for his whole career. Anyways, um, <laughs> That's <so true>. cool. <laughs> I'll be honest, uh, and I, I think a lot of A's fans have on Twitter at least have been jumping to this. Is Elvis? If people are really coming around in Elvis, Elvis has been hit over. He's hit 285 in the last month. Um, I think his leadership is really prominent amongst this team. You can kind of tell that his kind of like easygoing attitude is really going with everybody. I think he's actually played some really good defense out there as well. Um, and I, th- at the end of the day, Trevor Story 
all-star would be a fantastic option. But to me, I think there's other offensive problems that we're having right now that we could address up. Like I, I talked about last week, how I would love if they can make a run at, at Charlie Blackman because like Seth Brown is, yeah. is spiraling. I, um, you know, Piscotti is so inconsistent at times and, you know, Ramones hurt. Well, we don't know how long and we're, we're, we're going to talk about this later, but I don't know if there's, we could talk about it now, but like, there's not really a timetable for Ramon. It sounds like he's going to be out longer than we expected. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's bigger problems besides short and in the infield. And of course, Tony Kemp's really turned around. Jed is, he slowed down from where he was at, but he's picking up. And of course, he got Pinder back. He had three hits today. Yeah. Look at that. Um, but I, if the price is low, sure. The odds are it's not going to be. Um, no. I think there's other problems that should be addressed before we go to the short sub situation. Yeah, and I, I mean, sure they'll check in on him, but again, I, you know, I have a feeling Billy's still pretty um, hesitant about big deals like this or since John Lester. But we had some good news, Julio. Bob Melfin has become the all-time wins manager or leading all-time leader. You're for almost wins there. for Oakland A's manager. After ten years of managing Oakland A's, he has surpassed. Uh, the man, the myth, the uh, old the drunk, uh, the drunk Tony Larusa. <laughs> but um, today was actually ten years to the day that Bowmel was hired as the manager, replacing yeah. Bob Guerin, who who he got a World Series ring with the Dodgers bench coach. But um, Bob Guerin was awful. He had a lot of talent, and did nothing with it. I will say no. The I was thinking about that team earlier today when I was kind of like thinking about how what we're going to talk about tonight, and um. The rotation was excellent. That rotation was so good in that run, but the offense was awful throughout. But the what time. I what I think back is when they made all those moves for like Giambi, Holiday, Orlando, Orlando Cabrera, um, Cabrera, and Nomar, and they just did nothing with it. That was that's kind of you. Maybe you could blame it on the players, but like that was just a total fucking shit show. Shout out to Mike Piazza. Was he on that team? I thought he was like later on. I don't know if he was on that team, but if you think about yeah, those four years between Bowmel or the four years between um, Ken Maka and Bowmel when it was the Bob Guerin years, we have mm-hmm. like Mike Piazza, uh, Nomar Garcia Parra, uh, Mike Sweeney for a little bit, Mike Sweeney, um, Hideki Matsui. Hideki Matsui, who was great for us though. He was solid, and I was actually listening to, uh, I was listening to the game today on the radio, Mm. and it was actually a really cool story that um, Ken Korak talked about. He's like, "Yeah, the first time I actually met Bomel, I had had laryngitis. I had terrible laryngitis. He's like, so I felt bad. Was he's like, was Bomel just gonna be like, this is my my manager interview guy that I could be talking to every week, Mm -hmm. and then." um, he said that Bomel, actually the very first player Bomel talked to when he uh, got the job was Kurt Suzuki. Or not Kurt Suzuki, cool. I'm sorry, Hideki Matsui. <laughs> I was thinking of Kurt Suzuki because he was on that team as well. But Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt like they were always trying to chase like that sat, that old vet who just, who's just trying to stay in the show. Like like the David, the Frank the David Justice type. Or the David Justice type since he kind of let off that, that, that type of player. But anyway. 
Just got it. Yeah, we just have to celebrate. I know there's a lot. We've talked about this plenty of times. There's a lot of Bomo. Yeah, right? but it's like. Do you want to introduce our new segment now instead? Since we've talked about Bob Melvin for about this. Yeah, and he deserves it, damn this it. amazing yes. uh, feat and record that he got this weekend. God, I'm really excited about this segment. That's why I was rushing it. Yeah, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, this week and God damn it, Dave, which <laughs> is our segment where Dave Cavill just says some stuff where we're just like, Dude. God damn it, Dave. Just it's just best if you don't tweet sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this week we have a report from the Mercury News by the one and only Shayna Rubin, um, where Dave Cavill had said that the new stadium would allow the A's to be a to spend like never before. Uh, full quote: We can go f- from having one of the lowest five payrolls in the league to a top five or top ten, depending on the year. It's going to be such a remarkable change in our business. And I think with the savvy business acumen of uh, Billy Bean and David Forrest, giving them the type of resource, it's going to be incredible. And that's what we're striving to do. My response, okay, fuckface, you better hold your word because I'm going to fucking remember that. That's that's the only thing I can say. God damn it, Dave. But... You better hold your word. You better sign Matt Olson to a 10-year, several hundred million dollar deal. You better fucking sign all these motherfuckers to these deals. I'm going to fucking hold you to that. So here's uh, here's the evidence that's going to go against what you just said. Uh, of the last four teams have built new stadiums since 2010, which include Texas, Atlanta, Miami, and Minnesota, uh, none of them have been a top 10 payroll. And the highest have been the yep. Braves, who have been 14th. Um, and they're envisioning, oh, well, we're going to be more like the Giants. Where, yeah, the Giants, since 2000, they've been a top 10 payroll for 15 of 20 years. Um, they're the second pirates, highest payroll in 2018. And then this last year, or this year, they're actually the 14th. And then, of course, the Padres, for the longest time after they opened Petco, Little to no payroll. They've been a bottom 10 team, but then over the last couple of years with the signing of Hosmer, Machado, and then extension of Tatis, they've shot themselves up. They're currently eighth in payroll. They have good talent, like, you know, to ground, you yeah. know, a good, good base, whatever, to to buy talent around those guys. So that makes sense, but yeah. So I think okay. uh, what we're trying to say is, uh, shit or get off the pot. We don't we don't believe you, Yeah. frankly. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, that's this week and... God damn it, Dave. Brought to you by Chris Martinez, State Farm. In <laughs> Chris, You're you saying god damn it about your insurance? Well, guess what? Chris Martinez will have you say god bless you with their insurance. Anyways. <laughs> All right. We have another player, DFA'd. Ramin Gudon. Uh, DFA'd. He was a relief pitcher. One of the only lefties in the pen, which is pretty interesting. I was so tired of him, so I'm. He just every time he went in there, it's like, all right, so let's add two more runs to the to, to our to our to their total. So I mean, yeah, there's that. So here's the thing, though. Um, in May, in April, four appearances, three point two innings, nineteen ERA. In May, seven appearances, one uh, ten innings, one point six nine ERA. So. Um, I, I, the big reason why they did that was Sky Bolt got brought back up with Loreano being out, and he's probably gonna be extended about a time. Bolt actually came in the other night for a defensive substitution, but yeah. uh, 
Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, I think this is kind of maybe the next move is bringing in Puck up, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, or bringing up this next guy, Dalton Jeffries. Oh, look killing at you the game. Transition. Killing the game down in Vegas, baby. Vegas Aviators. Um, they were on TV the other day, Julio. Oh, I texted you about that. They were playing the Sacramento River Cats. They were on um, uh, uh, the CW? No, they're on CBS. They're on local CBS channel in the Bay Area, which was which was kind of cool. So I watched it for a little bit, and it was kind of boring, and then I switched it back over. So it was on during the A's game too. So you know, it was what it was. Um, but yeah, he's playing good. Some trade bait. I'm I'm cool with that. I think that's... I've been pitching I've been pitching him as trade bait ever since Jessica came on. So I'm sticking to that. And even though well, is that who she was like? Oh. I'm going to tell Getting him. Yeah, about. and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm down. I'm okay. I think it's kind of interesting. We're seeing a, a surplus, surplus of arms coming out of Vegas despite that league being very hitter friendly. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely if you're going to be in the Vegas area, you know, Vegas is fully open now. If you want to make a trip out there, definitely go check out the Aviators, man. It's going to be a good time out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, cool. That's going to do it. When we come back. Uh, our homeboy from the Super Halo Bros, Johnny First. Did I say his last name right? Close enough. I think so. Johnny Boy is going to be coming on to uh, uh, do Know Your Enemy so we can get to know um, the Angels for an upcoming series. So stick around and we'll be right back. Dramatic emphasis. Did you like that, Julio? He's nodding for the listeners. Julio, we are going to take Green Day's advice in the second half of the podcast, and we are going to know our enemy, our favorite um, little game that we like to play. Out of all the bands from the 90s to reference Know Your Enemy, you pick Green Day over Rage Against the Machine, which is like Know Your whole- Enemy actually came out in uh, for Green Day in nine- or 2008. But like when you hear... When I hear Know Your Enemy, yeah, I think of one of my all-time favorite bands. Sorry that my tastes don't match the taste of music that you have. But we can get into that another time. If you want to talk about tastes in movies, I can shit all over you on that. Uh, look, we don't need any We actually have really similar defecating. tastes. We actually have really, really yeah. similar tastes in movies, so yeah. that wouldn't work out very well. All right, Julio, you can anyways, introduce our guest. Anyways, this week we're shitting. I mean, this like we brought in our good friend, John. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got John Fresh here, homie, part of the Super Halo Bros podcast, also a member of the Around the Diamond Network. I threw up the diamond there. So, Ooh. John, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you back. What's up, my dudes? How's uh, how's the the uh, podcast realm going for you guys? I saw you've been getting kind of uh, some love from the, around the Angels org. You had a picture with Gooby. You had a pic. Uh, you got a shout out from Jose Moda. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, that Gooby run-in was a total happenstance. We were trying to get a picture of my wife. She had one of those Otani shirts with his face all over it, like over and over again. And uh, she was wearing that to the game. And we were going to get a picture of her next to the Otani poster. And Gooby walked by. And just immediately I was like, oh, that's him. So <laughs> ran up and got a picture with him. So that was pretty cool. John, I got a bone to pick with your fellow um, Angel fans. When we went to our game two weeks ago, 
Um, I was we were walking out the stadium after a, a fantastic just blowout win by the A's, of course. <laughs> and um, maybe I was being a little obnoxious, but you know I'm happy. My team just won. I'm excited. Sure. And I got nothing but shit talk to me from every single person who oh, no. who I walked by. Um, one person yelled at me because um, I said, "Let's go, Oakland." He goes, "Oakland isn't Las Vegas or Nashville uh, or Portland." They're... And I go, "I go, yeah, I know it's a pretty bad situation. Almost as bad as having Mike Trout for ten years and nothing to show for it." <laughs> Boom! Well, you know, I think all we can do is try to go for the jugular because we've had 10 years of pain. So uh, we, we got to defend ourselves any way that we can, I suppose. <laughs> so before we actually jump, we have like a, a list of random questions kind of like here perspective. So for sure. those of you who, you know, are new to this segment, usually we bring on uh, fans either within our inner circle or somebody from a connection. And we just haven't kind of talked about their team. And to kind of give you a little more insight about the team, keep an eye out for guys you do know, obviously, guys you may not know. Um, but before we start, there's one thing that, like, it's been really weird. It involves a schedule. Like, the A's and Angels didn't play each other until, when did we go to that game, Chris? What, two, three weeks ago? Yeah, May, what was that, May 22nd like, yeah, like or something of, like that? Yeah, like, yeah. End, yeah, it was like May 23rd or whatever. Yeah. But since the and we hadn't played them into that time, and normally the Angels and A's play like within the first couple weeks of the season. We're like opening. We've opened in Oakland like the last three years. It feels like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then now, this is the third time this team is playing each other in the last four weeks. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you? Yeah, like, did you think about that too? I'm like, wait, what the hell? We just played them kind of thing. Yeah, it's happening a lot. Um, so our other than you guys, and potentially the Yankees and the Red Sox, we actually have it pretty easy. So we just completed a sweep of the Royals and uh, we were looking ahead to the all-star break and, and you guys and Yanks and, and Red Sox, I think are going to be tough series, but I'm, I'm happy. We finally have somewhat of a reprieve because the beginning of the season has just been rough. <laughs> yeah. And it, it seems like things are clicking and Chris, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, but it's not that important. I can, I can say it after you, but whatever um it it's something it has to do something to do with like the uh the the change in the way they're doing the schedule how they're trying to like kind of make it more accommodating so they're not on the road and all these random places i assume that's part of it so it's like they're on a west coast trip so it makes sense for the a's to play you know they'll play the angels um, in la and then they'll fly up to seattle and play the mariners and they'll come home and they'll play a home series you know so that not all the teams aren't flying across the country back and forth you know they i mean they made that that changed last season because of COVID, but I, you know, it seems like they're sticking to it. So that has to be a part of it. That one would sense. assume. Yeah. 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 It's been weird, but it's like, it's a good thing because it's like, we got to bring you on. So why not? Um, yeah. But yeah, let's go jump into it. At first we got to talk about, you know, the man, the top of the lineup superstar himself, Justin Upton <laughs> over the last for throwing a curveball at everybody. Huh? Yeah. I got you. No, not that other guy. Um, for just a frame of reference, uh, he's been hitting at the top of the lineup for, what, a couple weeks now or so? Yeah, it's been about two weeks. Uh, you know Joe Madden likes to move guys around and, and see what sticks, and, and this is something that's s- stuck. So uh, through 12 games, I got a little stat here. Through 12 games, he's uh, slashing 326, 396, and 696 with nine extra Good base Good God. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny is – 
we were talking about this uh, on our podcast, and we were wondering, is this one of those Justin Upton hot streaks? Because this guy is so back and forth. But I think something that indicates that it's not one of those hot streaks and that it actually is kind of paying off, um, he's seeing the ball a lot better. And I've seen him take more walks this uh, being in the leadoff spot than I've seen all season long. So I think that's a good indicator that like he just feels good in that leadoff spot. So uh, not the first guy you would think to plug in that leadoff spot, but um, just to see him doing well there has actually been really great for us. There was a game last week where he back clean up and the offense was totally cool. So <laughs> the next day he was back in that leadoff spot. So that was, that was pretty great to see that, um, they're doing this and it's sticking and it's working. So, hey, look at Jay up. Cool. What, what was his average before his run? Because his average is still pretty low, and those numbers I would assume like really bump up his overall yeah, season. He was average. floating around like two eighteen, if I recall, oh, okay. two eleven yeah, at one point. Sense. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's, <clears throat> uh, he, I mean, getting back to you know two fifty is where Upton's going to sit. I mean, he's he's got, like I said, he's back and forth with. Uh, going on a hot streak, going on a tear, but strikeouts are a big part of his game. Um, he's quietly, you know, around ninth or so, I think in home runs, I think he's got 12 or 13. So, uh, he's got 14. You know, he's got 14 now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, man, I think, uh, they, they found this spot for him and, and, uh, it's paying off. So do you think the, Joe. the pressure of having guys on base and hitting that situation and so so being a, the leadoff hitter not having that pressure, do you think that has something to do with it? Definitely, yeah. When he doesn't have guys in front of him, I think that uh, you can almost kind of see it in his at-bat. Like, he seems yeah. a lot more calm. Because when you say the thing about strikeouts, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, oh, mm-hmm. he's definitely in his head when he sees runners on base that if he's striking out this much. Swinging for the fences and whatnot. And uh, so I think the option to just be a guy who gets on base, I think, is paying off. Because, like I said, with, with the walks, it's kind of it's kind of showing that in his game. So, Yeah, it's it's – it's interesting because you know they paid him so much got that fat contract extension and in typical Artie Moreno fashion hasn't lived up to yeah. it so yeah let's see hopefully that'll something we keep going at least for your guys' sake not really for us I, I think that you and I were talking about this over text Julio but the, the when we got Justin Upton in that trade I think it was 2017 and then we extended him um, our left field was just a disaster for like the previous like six years I mean we had the Hamilton bust uh we had Matt Joyce before he went to you guys and did really well he was awful for us in 2015 so um it just we just did not have we brought in like a Raul Abanez in 2015 randomly oh god uh, we were desperate like the so, just the the corpse of raul abanez like <laughs> exactly it was not the flying hawaiian at that time but uh to have upton come in and and be somebody to be like okay we have a flying hawaiian yeah i'm like that's shane victorino <laughs> oh i'm sorry what what did i say raul abanez yeah. oh that was they were he, both on that championship phillies team so yeah raul abanez always reminded me of voldemort Right, I made a mistake. So Bald 2014 was when we had Abanez, and then 2015 we had Shane Victorino. So mm. I, yeah, we just again, we're it's neither. Was your nor GM there. a big Phillies fan? Bad. Like what the I fuck? <laughs> I totally forgot Shane Victorino was on uh, the Angels. Uh, yeah, wow, I've learned something new every day. But uh, t- but for, for real, the actual superstar at the top of the lineup, 
man. Arguably superstar of the league. Yeah, it's yeah. it's Otani. Um, right now, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe he's what at sixteen home runs. Um, he's at seventeen. Seventeen. So, yeah, yeah. As of uh, as of Tuesday, so he's at seventeen. I got a bone to pick with you guys. I want to know why and how double agent Kurt Suzuki got Otani stuck in traffic and then messed up getting to the stadium on the BART uh, because I know Kurt Suzuki is a former A. So um, he was the one with Shohei when they got stuck in traffic and didn't make it to the stadium on time. I think that there's some uh, some trickery going on there. Is that is that the case? Uh, we abandoned Kurt Suzuki after the 2019 Trumper White House visit. He's no longer considered. <laughs> you don't an blame him crate. anymore. <laughs> no, you know we're, we're sorry, he's one Kurt, of he's one fair. of my he's one of my all time favorite players. But like he's a Trumper man, so it's like you yeah, know, yeah. Gross. I just I'm gonna you know I just I respectfully disagree. So he's he's fallen <laughs> down just, my list a little bit. I really don't get how he didn't help like how he got lost because I don't know how familiar yeah. you are with with bart john but like if he's coming from san francisco it's a straight shot you yeah. literally just stay on the the pleasanton bound train yeah. and it literally takes you all the way down and then you're going to stop at the coliseum I and zook really zook lived that. there for 10 years right. like like <laughs> dude like what what happened also whose idea was it to drive from san francisco across the bay bridge in like the middle of the afternoon like yeah. everyone i know that and i've only been to the bay area a few times mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah it's it's ridiculous but not as ridiculous as how electric he's been this season Otani. yeah he's, he's 17 home runs uh what's his era right now he, oh gosh i don't have it in front of me but i do it's um hold on his sorry his hitting stats are at the top it's 2.7 uh he's got he's two and one and he's got 60 strikeouts it's pretty damn good for someone who pitches like every sixth day as opposed to every fifth day it's interesting with him too because he uh the velocity has been down i think that we saw that when he pitched against you guys in the last series we saw the velocity was down yeah um but that's lent itself to a little bit better command in fact he pitched against the royals um, and or I'm sorry, the Mariners and and didn't give up any walks, and that was a shocker because I think he's had at least four in each of the games that he's pitched this season. So uh, to see him have a little bit more command uh, at the expense of of some of that velocity, I think it's really working well for him. I don't know if it's if it's uh, it can't be fatigue because like you said, it's it's every six seven days that he's pitching. But I know that just even with hitting, he's out there every day. But I think. Uh, he's showing that he's got a little bit more control and I think that that's made him a more effective pitcher. So yeah, I think you got to get him to the all-star game somehow. I don't know. Yeah. I hope I hope he'll get voted in, but he's got, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be there. They're going to find a way in. There's no way they're not going to have him there. If he doesn't get the votes, major league baseball is going to do some type of shady finagering to try and put, to to get him in there. You know what I mean? Like, let's just, let's be real. He's probably the leading vote getter in the American league. Once watch the first week, I guarantee he's going to be the first, the leading vote getter. He's kind of the face. He's kind of in some way, shape, or form the face of baseball. Like Mookie kind of is, but like I don't. I I don't know. It feels like Shohei gets a lot more screen time on ESPN than than Mookie does. Seeing that more often, definitely. Yeah. I mean, how often do you see a six-five like Japanese man who runs probably like a sub five forty, also throws a fastball hundred miles per hour, and also hits a (laughs) four hundred like? It's insane, and like I, 
I'm just glad he's finally doing it because I think we've seen this potential, at least for the people who've right. been paying attention over the last few years. Like, right. I think um, I was actually at his first game, his first career game, and he got like a little bloop single in Oakland. Nice. Um, nice. So it's just awesome. I think if it's if his, and I think the one thing too, and I, I think we brought up into the text the other day was like his um, walk numbers as a hitter is going up. He used to be so free swinging and something's happened the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks where he's been a little more disciplined. Yeah, he had a nice little bloop uh, to to left field against the Royals. That you know, I was telling you, it doesn't seem like he's adjusting his swing too much. It's he's he is swinging for the fences every time, and and uh, you love to see it. But it is nice when he does make those adjustments just to you know contribute and get on base and whatnot. Um, yeah, he hit one four seventy the other night, and it was just it was a bomb, man. <laughs> that that's all good and Danny John, but if you guys don't make the playoffs in the next like three years, you're really like wasting the star potential of him. You know what I mean? Like you really are. So like something's got to be done. You can't do it with just these two guys. Like we can get into that a little bit more in depth, but like I'm just like seeing it and I'm looking at the standings, and you guys are in second last place, and it's just like for fuck's sake, man! Like you know how much fun it would be to watch him in a wild card game. Like I'm him, you, dude. him, him, I'm him, him starting the wild card game and then him batting fourth. Like, I'm with anyway. you. I mean, I, the, the, the problem has been pitching for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not I, even trying to shit on you there. It's just like, while no, we're talking about Otani, it's just like, you know, I'm, I amaze in his talent. And then it's like, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, if, if we don't go and, and make a big move for some starting pitching, I think that that. I mean that's always been our Achilles heel. We do have some 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 guys coming up through our system. Reed Detmers is somebody that we're excited about, but he's in Double A and it's his first pro year. He's right out of college and didn't get to play last year. Um, but I'm with you. I want to see it. Um, I know that we're big rivals, but it's it's cool that like even our rivals want to see Otani, you know, do something special. And and with Mike Trout, I think I think Mike Trout. Um, I know he's out right now, but but with with the the aura of Albert Pujols being out of that locker room, I think that's perfect. It's the perfect time for Trout to step in and, and be like, this is my team. Like, I'm, I'm running the show now. So <laughs> we'll see what happens when he gets back. Uh, I was going to say, I think that's a transition point right there. If I, I, can I just make yeah, yeah, one quick it. comparison? Yeah, it. It's like King Felix. Like, King Felix never pitched in a playoff game. So, it, it like – Remember how good he was at the time? Like, I remember, like, mm. me and Julio would always talk about, like, because we would always open up opening day against the Mariners, and we'd always mm-hmm. get shit on from, from King Felix. So I think <laughs> we – so we lost, like, eight opening days in a row because we would always play him. Like, he was, like, the most dominant pitcher uh, of that time. I think that was, like, kind of a little bit, like, towards, like, the beginning of Verlander and Scherzer era. Yeah. So it was, yeah. like, the, like, a little bit before that. He was the best pitcher that time, but he never pitched in a playoff series – and I think because of that, it's kind of killed his Hall of Fame like like um, uh, buzz or buzz, uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. like honestly, I don't think he makes it in the Hall of Fame right now. But mm, if you would ask me ten years ago, I would have been like, "It's a lock." Like, why are we even having this conversation? But now, because like, yeah, because that hype is isn't there, and no one ever, there's no like real tape of him like just doing these amazing things and striking out fucking twelve guys in a game on a regular basis. Like, it's it's just you know, it's just one of those things. And I would hate to have see Shohei be one of those guys that misses out on that opportunity. Like Trout has something going for him; he has two MVPs, so I think he's gonna be fine. Three, but like. 
three MVPs. Sorry. Jesus. Um. So so it's just you know it's in and also position player it's a little bit different but yeah yeah that's just my last two. Yeah, seasons. I'm with you guys. I mean, I I get it, and you know, uh, part of part of this fandom is is being upset that we haven't made the moves that we need to make. You know, when somebody like, yeah. like Garrett Cole is available and you end up with Rendon. I love Rendon. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> that's not the that's not the guy we needed in that moment. So it is what it is. But speaking of my transition's ruined now. Any updates <laughs> on Trout? Uh, is that was he, a great comparison, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's. I'm looking at Felix's stats now, and I'm just getting sad. I'm like, this poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah, he's yeah. probably gonna get screwed over. But yeah, any updates on Trout? He's been out for a, a minute now. I know they said it's gonna be. Yeah, he uh, was in a walking boot and isn't needing to wear that anymore. He actually did a little presser on monday just to give everybody an update and uh he's he's gonna start jogging pretty soon and i think the expected timeline is uh after the all-star break so we're probably gonna have to wait until after that which is unfortunate because you know he was weirdly enough getting off to the best start of his career just when you thought it couldn't get any better and uh, was definitely a lock for the All-Star game, but I'm not so sure now that he's been out for so many weeks. Um, but he probably won't return until after the All-Star break. So, But the sooner the better. <laughs> I mean, if he just got out of a boot, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, start doing you know motion and, and, and running again. So we'll see. He's been at the stadium, of course. That guy loves his baseball and can't stay away. You know, you'd think a guy like him with his schedule would take every chance he can to get home and be with the family. But I mean, he just loves it. And I saw him out there just hanging out doing B or watching BP with the guys. So I thought that was pretty cool. He's dedicated. I saw him at golden road. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so I think the, the one thing, cause honestly, if you look, I was looking at the last 10 games for the angels they are seven and three. Mm-hmm. Um, the American league actually has like a handful of French teams who are like, kind of like, they wouldn't be shocked if they were in contention. And obviously the same thing you've already mentioned it is the pitching. Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything this year that makes you feel different besides, you know, how Otani has been that makes you feel different that like, Hey, you know, I think this team could be competitive with this, with this rotation and with this pen. I can't say that confidently. I mean, there, there are guys and, and you hear it said all the time, on our broadcast team, of course, it's like, oh, there's they got the stuff, they got the stuff, but, um, you know, I was concerned. <laughs> Julio texted me today and said, "Hey, I picked up, I picked up Canning in, in fantasy," and I was like, "Oh, I don't know if that was a good move." <laughs> Fortunately, he got the win tonight. Uh, so you got me twenty five points. <laughs> <laughs> but he he's been so back and forth, and I know he's still young. Um, the other thing is Dylan Bundy, who was looking really strong, and it was like, oh, this is the guy that the Orioles drafted that they were expecting. He looks really Leo strong super high on him last year. year and uh, just hasn't put it together this year for some reason. On the other hand, you got a guy that you think like is past his prime in Alex Cobb, and his last two starts, he's gone seven innings. He had, he had one bad inning. Uh, against the Mariners, but then uh, our offense was able to pick him up and and win that game for him. So it's just so weird, man. One guy that I do like, and you guys got to see him, and and I forgot to text you about him, Julio, when we previewed the first series, is Patrick Sandoval. Um, he has he came over from the Astros 
in 2018, uh, had only pitched in uh, their single A uh, division and um, appeared for us first in 2019 and then appeared 2020. I like him a lot and I like the stuff, but he just didn't put it together over 2019 to 2020. But um, he's somebody who's really helped pick up this team um, in his appearances. I don't think that he, he he's 0-2, um, but, but not his fault. It's one of those situations where it's like, where's the offense? Come on, guys. But he's somebody that I am looking forward to. Like I mentioned, Reed Detmers um, is somebody we're excited about. So if we can get um, a front guy, a front-line guy – um, maybe a middle of the road guy, or maybe even bring one of these guys back like a Cobb or a Bundy next season, and then count on some of our younger starting pitching. I think that we could have ourselves a good little rotation, not to mention Otani and what he's doing too. So, so you're five and a half games out of the last wild card spot, mm. which is Houston. So you're very well in the mix. You're right, Julio. There's Cleveland's in the mix. The Yankees are in the mix. Toronto's in the mix. Seattle's in the mix. The Angels are in the mix. Kansas City's in the mix, and then it drops pretty heavily. Detroit, Minnesota, Texas, and Baltimore are pretty well out of it. Um, so there's potential for a, a deadline move here. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of guys on on one-year deals that if we need to be sellers at the deadline, we can do that. However, if we're going to make a big splash, um, and and it would have to be – some sort of starting pitching. I know that you guys talked about Scherzer on your podcast uh, last week. I was a little not seriously, yeah, not, not seriously. seriously. That was just my pipe <laughs> yeah. dream. But hey, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. if if the if anybody can do it, it's the the A's and the talent that they have the endless supplies of. So, <laughs> but you know, I mean, there's there's so many interesting options, um, but I don't know. I. I just I don't know with this team man it's it's so hard to just have a clear picture of like oh if you if you gave up this guy or this guy you could easily get this guy and and the and the angels just they play the cards close to the chest and and you just it's like are you gonna go for it are you gonna wait what are you gonna do and um so I don't know I really don't know now the last question here of course we got the series coming up they're gonna be playing uh next Tuesday through Tuesday and Monday, three-game series in Oakland. Um, for the fans who are not really watching Angels baseball, who they only know, you know, right now, Otani and uh, Rendon, Trout's out, and then Upton. Um, who's somebody you think, you're like, hey, this guy's been playing well. You should keep an eye on them. They could put in a good series. Yeah, uh, that guy right now, he just came back from the IL about a week ago, is Max Stassi, surprisingly, um, our catcher. Um, in the month of June, he's batting 474. His slash line is 474, 524, and 1.053. So he has just been on a tear. He's he's uh, got two doubles, three home runs, seven RBIs, and just being a really productive catcher. And uh, his his pitch framing. I know that we've been really frustrated with some of the uh, umpiring this season, but um, to to play into that, I think Stassi's. Um, become a really strong pitch framer and defender. So he's somebody to look out for. If if they're not starting him, then that's that's a bummer for us. Um, I know that him and Suzuki have been alternating, especially when Stassi needs a day off. But uh, man, with with Max Stassi, that he's just been a pleasant surprise, and he showed a little bit of that last season um, in a weird COVID season. He at one point was like our home run leader. 
early on in the season. <laughs> so it wasn't weird <laughs> enough. Um, uh, that happened. But uh, yeah, he he is uh, he's actually drawing some some trade interest. So if we if we really go for that starting pitcher that we need, I think that he is a potential piece of, of something that could be moved from the Angels to uh, to get us to be more in contention. But um, I'm I'm loving what Stassi's doing. So that's somebody to look out what, for. What's he been hitting in the order when he when he when he plays? Uh, the last two games, that's interesting. He he's been at uh, he he bat fourth. I think on Tuesday mm-hmm. night and, and oh, wow. Wednesday night he bat fifth. So and and typically you would see him seventh or or eighth, but just with they're trying to ride that hot bat exactly yeah, makes exactly. Sense. So yeah, he's yeah. he's been an interesting piece to watch. And I think the one thing uh, Chris and I have talked about this in the past too, but just like the value of a like good backup catcher and how important that is for like your team's longevity throughout 1,000%. the season. Yeah, so like with A's, you got, you know, Murph and, and Garcia. So, like, yeah, it, it, I think every team, like, whether the Angels are buyers or sellers by the trade deadline, um, I think any team can kind of benefit from somebody like him. So, A's fans definitely keep an eye out on him. Um, I think that's all we got here, though. John, the floor is yours. Go ahead and plug away what you got. Yeah, so. Uh- of course, we're all a part of Around the Diamond. Welcome to the family, guys. It's awesome to have you. Um, and, of course, you can find my brother and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. We're having lots of fun on Twitter, and uh, we're posting lots of memes on Instagram, making fun of uh, the other teams. So um, we had to make fun of Keenan Middleton, our former bullpen piece, who's now with the Mariners, who... <laughs> uh was never great for us and all of a sudden thinks that he is and uh uh yeah i have been i've been giving him a lot of crap just straight up calling him out right now wow bro this is is it personal (laughs) fuck yeah he he dissed our fan base pretty bad so uh oh did he really he was i mean it was so weird because it was a it was a situation where it was like we were f- is it similar to the bullshit that C.J. Wilson said about Oakland like f- quite a few years ago? I don't, rem- I don't remember that. What did he say? C.J. Wilson was like talking shit about the stadium and talking shit about um, like he, they were going to he was going to pitch there. It was his first season with the Angels. I think the first half season. So the only like time where he was ever a relevant or a good pitcher for the Angels, he was like. He was like, "Yeah, we're pitching. Yeah, you know, like or they did like a pregame conference, like." Yeah, you know, there's not really much to get excited about that place. No one really shows up, and their mound is just complete garbage. Oh, blah, blah, geez. blah. They don't take care of it. Just totally, like, just shitting on well, – I don't remember exactly what he said. But uh, I found said. the quote. I hate pitching there. The mound sucks. <laughs> the yeah. fans suck. Yeah. There's no fans there. Too, It's too bad because the fans that are there are really adamant. They're really stoked on the team, and they play drums. They wave flags, and that's cool. But, you know, some games you go, and there's, like, 6,000 people there. Who's so got then, the last laugh, man? I'm sorry, but yeah. Like, so then he 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 pitched he pitched really well in that particular start, and then he got lit up the rest of the season by us. <laughs> that was the uh, that was a big so, yeah. that was a big turnaround point for you guys in, through this last decade too. Was was that yeah. 2012 season? Yeah. So what what did I see today? Bob Melvin uh, winningest A's manager in history. Is that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Oakland A's history because mm-hmm. uh, he's never gonna, he's never going to catch Connie Mack who managed the team for fifty years. Got it. Or so. <laughs> I don't suppose unless 
unless he can coach for another 40 years so that means he'll be in his late 90s he's got to get that um, he's got to get that billy bean fountain of youth or something going on and the only <laughs> yeah and the only reason why connie mack did that was because he owned the team so he was like fuck off i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna manage as long as i want like this is my team yeah yeah Alrighty, All right, John. John. Yep. Yeah, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, we're probably going to whoop your ass, but, you know, good luck, I guess. Hey, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood. And you know what, don't, John? Don't kill our vibe. We're doing really well. I need something to look forward to. <laughs> uh, and then in two weeks, I'll see you on Mario Golf Super Rush, yeah! baby. Let's go! <laughs> All right, nerds. All right. Thanks, John. We'll talk to you next time. All right, welcome back. Thank you, John, fellow around the diameter. Uh, appreciate that. Um, good luck. You guys are gonna get your asses kicked, but you know it is what it is. It's the motto of the show. It is what it is. I will shout I, I, again. It's a good motto. Um, I will give the shout out to the Angel Stadium. You got the five dollar hot dogs, the five dollar Budweisers, but um, you, you know, obviously the AIDS, the Coliseum has its problems. But I felt like I was going through a maze to just try to get to you when we met up during that game. It was because, dude, their fucking concourse is not designed well at all. You have to go over, like, to so you can't just do like a full circle. Like, there's not just like one level that you could just do a full circle like around the outfield. It's like, all right, so we're at the outfield. Now we have to go up this ramp and go to the second level, and then we have to go. It's just like it's just such a fuck face, fuck fest, and a fuck face. All right, so this week uh, we're at home. Got a nice little homestand. You got the uh, Royals and the Angels coming to town. Uh, the Royals just played the Angels. They got um, they got swept. So that's cool. Um, yeah, you know, feel pretty confident. I'm not going to lie. We're on a nice little streak. Six out of our last ten, which is, you know, that's barely above 500. But we look pretty good in these last, um, uh, in particular, these last uh, uh, five games. Um, although the offense sucked on Sunday, dude, I was so pissed cause cap threw like a really solid game and they just could not get fucking runs home. Anyway, it, I will say game. though, um, I, I watched, uh, the MLB network highlights afterwards. Herbon Marquez has been killing it like the last month or yeah. so. So like, you know, yeah, credit where credit's due on that one. Sure. I mean, no, he has, he has actually been playing really well. All right, Julio, who's your player of the week? I'm going to go with the big man, the big sexy man at first base, and the future all-star for the Oakland A's this season. That is Mr. Matt Olson. Uh, in the last week, he hit 380. Um, but I think something that's more important, obviously, we know he just hits monster dongs. But guess what? He only had one home run this last week. He really played the small ball, which I think that was kind of the motto of this last week with this team was you were seeing a lot of um, – Innovate, there being a lot more runs scored by being patient and just loading at the bases and getting those little bloop singles. Um, there's a, a few runs I scored this last week from um, walks with bases loaded, but he really was kind of the the antithesis of what he was normally. We know him as as a big home run that too. Um, kind of playing the small ball a little bit. He had five singles, or I'm sorry, he had four singles, th- two uh, three doubles. He had a home run, five RBIs. He walked three times, hit by pitch. He struck out four times. Um, I know obviously you can make the argument for Vladdy as being the best first baseman in the American league, but I'm going to still hold my ground on it. I think in terms of 
because of Laddie's numbers, you know, the offensive numbers, people get attracted to that. But yeah, sure. But uh, I wouldn't make that statement. No, absolutely. Like, and I think we're, you know, as educated baseball fans, um, yeah. you're not going to find many guys who can be a productive at the bat and productive at the at defense as he is. So I, I think he should be starting. He's, he's not going to start. But he's gonna be on. He should be in that roster. He'll be on the team. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He'll be on the team. So. He's he's what second in the American League in home runs. He's like fourth in the total league in home runs. He's batting two seventy, which is great. If he finishes the season at two seventy, two seventy in Oakland. In, yeah, in Oakland, that's an MVP season right there, in my opinion. I mean, what Miguel Tejada won it hitting like two two eighty or something like that with thirty home runs. Like it's definitely possible. Um. So yeah, that's what's up. I'm I'm down with that cause. I'm like torn with mine. Cause like I want to do a pitcher because like okay, Shamanaya had a two hit shutout today. But Geltaha to hit three oh eight is 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 MVP season. I'm sorry, go on. Wow. So off on that one. <laughs> um close enough. Um but you know who I'm gonna pick, Julio? I'm gonna pick a guy who's really just improved like leaps and bounds the past week. Guy who you picked on a little bit earlier, but not too much. Jed Lowry. Before this week, his average was like 240-something. It is now 261. He had three hits today. He had two yesterday. He's back, baby. My boy Jed. Who would you rather have? Jed or Listella? Trick question. It's Jed. Suck it. Who would have thought that like Jed was the healthy one this season? Because I don't think Listella's even played. Yeah. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's Owen Wilson. Oh, also, uh, Owen Wilson talk, we're going to keep it minimal. Uh, Loki came out today. Yeah, I need to finish Falcon and the Winter Soldier still. I have four episodes left. Solid start. I'll say it's a solid start. Yeah, yeah, Um, All right, Chris. Um, I was torn between him and my essential tailgate tool, Mr. Chad Pinder, because Chad did kill it the past week, Julio. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out. It's the other way around. You chose Jed. I chose Pinder. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Well, I'm. I did good. <laughs> Anyways, you know that's. A- well, I was torn between him and Pinder because I saw him on here. So yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and just transition right into there to our essential tools of the week. Who should you be watching this upcoming week? Uh, this previous week, I picked Chad Pinder, and it went down. We're yelling Pinder. He had a great week. He had uh, he 416, went, bro. 416 the past week. He went 5 for 12, scored four runs, wow. had four singles, a home run, two RBIs, one wow. walk, and one strikeout. And he also I made some history. Uh, Chad Pinder joins. Oh, God, I'm not going to pronounce this right. OC Shurek Kongos. Yuman Yura, the defensive end for the New York Giants. Former? Oh, no. Oh, Justin former, Tucker former. was on the Raiders. Never mind. And then yeah. Mike Gallego as the only players in athletic history mm, to, to have two career three-hit games. They did not start. That is just as ESPN statty as it goes. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> and then uh, you picked Jed, and uh, you 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 did well. So uh, I'll give you your, your spot to talk about him. Jed, boy, 368. Seven hits. Um, 
I mean, you know, we can go down the stat line, but, you know, he just whooped that ass, and that's what's up because he needed a comeback. Like I said, the reason why I picked him last week is because I said that we need him to come back. We need, we need him to have a comeback. Chappie's not playing so well. Uh, Ramon's out. The top of the lineup needs that, like, structure. So we need him to fill it back in that second spot, you know, get some guys on base so that, you know, Matt Olson in his MVP season can, can bring those guys home. Hopefully Murph turns it around too because he's been hitting f- – Five or he's been four, I think, because Chap, no, Chap's been hitting better. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But those 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 three guys can do their thing. So that's what's up. All right, who's your uh, ETT this week, Julio? You're muted, so I'm feeling a little. Um, you know, even throughout <laughs> that muted time, I still couldn't think of a pun for it. Um, you know, what? I'm gonna go Elvis Andrews this week. Uh, I like it. I. I, like it I a lot. I think he's uh yeah, thank you, thank you very much. But uh he's really been really hitting the ball a lot better in this last month. And I think a lot of yes, fans are not a, really aware of it because his average is still pretty low. He's still hitting like the low two hundreds because he was so atrocious to start the season. And I think that goes a little bit with um uh again during the broadcast today on the radio they were talking how their A's home record is kind of whatever and they're like yeah because you got to put in there that they started 0-6 at home so of course they're gonna be bad and with with elvis he's hitting over 285 yeah, in this last and month 17 you're right it's pretty bad yeah so he's hitting over 285 in this last month he's barely over 200 yeah. still because he was so atrocious to start the season um and i think against a team like the royals who uh, they were off to a really good start this, this season they're starting to flounder yeah. a little bit kind of the young guys who like guys like uh, Chris uh, Pubic and P- Pubic, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? The one of the starters, no. Brady Singer. The guys who they thought were going to be kind of taking the next step this season, they haven't. Um, and I think someone like Elvis is going to be the right guy to take advantage of those youngins. So, uh, Elvis, go ahead and be that nice. guy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, he needs some love. He has been hitting better. I mean, it, obviously, if you if you were to baseball reference him right now, you wouldn't be very impressed. But if you would have saw what it was the beginning of the season or three weeks ago, you would be like, hmm. "All right, wow, um, wow." Chris, you got. <laughs> uh, I am gonna go with. Uh, oh my god, I just oh Cole Irvin. He's had two rough starts, man. These past two rough starts. Um, he really needs a bounce back, and I think. And it was kind of like a, like what I told like I when I picked um uh I think it it was either it was either Cap or it was Shamanaya three weeks ago my big no it was it was Sham, it was Shamanaya I picked him or no it was it was Cap because he had he would come off of two like really crucial starts and dude good pitching and winning is contagious and like Cole Irvin needs to rally around because we have four amazing starters in this rotation right now. Um, that are all, you know, just just killing the game. And he needs to rally around those other four guys and, like, pick up the slack a, bit, a little bit. Because, I mean, the, the last two starts that he's had, it wasn't, like, it, shitty losses, no run support. Like, he gave up runs, and it was it was brutal to watch. So, so he could not use a, a nice little comeback. Um, I just want to fact check you real quick. Real quick. Uh, he actually went six innings in Colorado. He gave up six hits and one run and one walk. Um and dude, the fact that he did that in oh, Colorado. Maybe it was maybe it was a, a two starts. I think that's that. something okay. you know. Uh, yeah. Quick tangent. He had two bad starts in a row in the past. Yeah, week, he was. But, he, he had a couple bad was, starts in a row. You yeah. you were riding that yeah. sense. So, 
Um, I think it's coming around. But I think that's something that we really got to talk about. We didn't have time to talk about. We'll take a couple minutes real quick. It's like the rotation did really well in Colorado. They did a lot better for whether that's because the Rockies are actually that bad or they were just on it. But the rotation actually came out, especially like Frankie, who I was like, shit, he's going to get lit up. Yeah, And he actually pitched really well on Friday night. Dude, he's got six wins. When the fuck did that happen? I don't, I don't, it's weird. I've never seen uh, it. It feels like very. Yeah, he only he gave up three runs over five innings. He got the win, um, against the Rockies. So like, I don't, he he very he reminds me a lot of like early. But this this late. this has to be like the six wins has to be a result of like it's got to be like the uh, the. Luis, no, um, um, wasn't Herman Marquez with the Yankees a couple years ago? Was that something? No, something yes. Germain. Uh, um, how you're on it? Yeah, something Germain. I forgot Domingo Germain or something like that. He it was like two years ago. He had like fucking like 18 wins, but his ERA was like 4.5. And you're like, oh, it's because he's on the Yankees. Yeah, there, the offense was just behind his back. And I, I remember talking crap to Rich that season because yeah. i'm like because it was like the the yankees were in town in oakland he's like oh yeah. dude her mom's been killing him I'm like look at his wins like dude he's gonna get lit up because he's ended up yeah. away stadium and look at that game i remember specifically he got lit up so um I, what does that say with the a's offense i don't know we'll see yeah my bad i interrupted you while you're saying something do you remember no <laughs> this is a long episode anyway we, we we're probably going on too long anyways we are it's a little late all right so we're gonna call that a pod um any last words you can do the you can do the the plugs you know you know the drill folks make sure you are following us on twitter at the town tailgate we're having a lot of fun in there brody Bazil liked one of our tweets shout out to brody yeah one of our heroes brody. Man. Brody, bro, bro. also what an awesome name brody yeah, you think it's a nickname? You think it's actually his name? Oh, it's definitely think, it's a, it's got to be. I think Brody nickname. is like Brody is like an actual name. I've heard, I think I've met people named Brody before. Russell Westbrook. His nickname's what? Brody, right? I don't think so. We'll look it up. We'll look it afterwards. Fact check it. Anyways, make sure to follow us. Follow us at the Town Tailgate on Twitter. Twitter. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, um, Spotify. Uh, whatever else networks carry podcasts. And of course, uh, follow us on YouTube so you can see our beautiful face faces and our awesome, my awesome Hufflepuff shirt, Hufflepuff pride. Let's go. Um, that's I'm all we got. I'm waving at you guys right now. If you're watching on YouTube. Also, Chris, Hi. uh, shout out to the, your, your company. You guys got an Emmy religion of sports, baby. We won an Emmy for greatness code for, um, graphic design and whatnot. Actually, we won three Emmys for that show. No shit. It's fucking awesome. Or two Emmys. Two out of three Emmys. Um, it's a great show. If you have Apple Plus, you should watch it. It's short episodes. They're only like 10 to 15 minutes long. It's an interview with an athlete like Tom Brady, uh, Alex Morgan's on there, uh, Kelly Slater, just talking about their greatness and what made them great. And there's cool animation that goes on with it. So check it out. That's a, it's a great show, seriously. Uh, plug it. Um, say, yeah. say the name one more we time. We want an Emmy. Greatness Code. It's on Apple+. Greatness Plus. Code. Greatness Code. So after you watch your Ted Lasso episode, you can go right into watching some yeah. Greatness Code. Ted Lasso Season 2, July, baby. Football is life. You know, yeah. you know, Chris, you know you know who's the the smartest fish in, in the ocean? It's the goldfish. 
because they have the shortest memory. Chris, got to be like a goldfish. Well, not if you're the A's. You want to have a long memory because these last five games you've been killing it. That's so true. keep Anyways, killing it, A's. Yes. Last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. Bye. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal. <laughs> And my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.